please turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Romans chapter 4, verse 20. The book of Romans chapter 4, verse 20. Are you there? I read. It says, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And we are blessed by the reading of God's word. I'm continuing with my series that I have titled, Unveiling the Mystery of Strong Faith, Part 3. Unveiling the Mystery of of strong faith, part three. Like I've always said, the God that we serve is a God who only answers prayers of faith. God only responds to our prayers in faith. That means anything done without faith is a sin. God only responds to our prayers of faith. That is why it's important that everything we do, we do it in faith. When we come to God, we come to God in faith. That's why the Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. But without faith, it is what? Impossible to please God. And it says, whosoever comes to God must believe that God is and that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So that means if we are going to please God, we must walk by faith. If we are going to please God, we must walk by what? By faith. And please understand that faith is a mystery. That's why 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 9, the Bible says that holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. That means our faith, in as much as it's a mystery, it only works when we have pure conscience. Without a pure conscience, your faith will not work. So it's important for us to understand that in this last day, those who are going to really stand the test of times are going to be walking by faith. Quick question, what is faith? What is faith? Faith is a spiritual force that has the capacity to bring everything in the spiritual realm into the physical manifestation. Amen. I'll define it again. Faith is a spiritual force that has the capacity to bring everything, not some things, everything in the spiritual realm into the physical manifestations. Amen. That's why Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 says, the Bible says, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made out of the things which do appear. So faith is a spiritual force. The whole world was created by faith. God could not operate by faith. That's why the Bible says God called forth those things which be not as though they were. So even God operates by faith. Romans chapter 4 from verse 16 to 21. The Bible says that therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not some of the seed, but to how many of the seed? To all the seed, not to that which is of the law only. Now, look at what the Bible is saying. It's talking about the seed of Abraham. And in the seed of Abraham, there are two groups of people. Two groups of people. Those who are of the law and those who are of faith. Those who are of the law are the natural sons of Abraham. 
Those who are of faith are the spiritual sons of Abraham. So it says, therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. Now, when the Bible says it is of faith that it might be by grace, what the Bible is simply saying is that grace provides, faith takes what grace has provided. Are you following me? So, grace provides, faith takes what grace has provided. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, the Bible says that we are saved by grace through faith. So, grace makes a provision, faith takes what grace has made provision for. Are you following me? Are you following me? Very important. So he said, for, for, let's go back to Romans chapter 4, verse 16. It said, therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to them that which is of the law, but to them also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. In other words, you and Isaac are on the same level when it comes to an inheritance from Father Abraham. What Isaac inherited through the law, you and I can also inherit through faith. Are you following me? So you are not inferior to Isaac. Even though you are not in the days of Isaac, you can still receive the same blessing Isaac received. And please hear me. Listen to this. Very important. There is only one blessing from God, not two. There is only one blessing. Genesis chapter 1 from verse 26 to 28 tells us that God said, let us make man in our own image. And in the image of God created he, male and female created them. Then verse 28, the Bible says that, and God blessed them. Genesis 1, 28, and God Bless them. That is the first introduction of the blessing. And it's not two blessings. It's only one blessing. Now that same blessing that was upon Adam and Eve was transferred to Abraham. One blessing. One blessing. Genesis chapter 12 from verse 1 to 4. God came to Abraham at the age of 75 and said get out of your family to a land that I will show you. And God said, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. Now notice something, there is only one blessing. The same blessing that Adam and Eve had was transferred to Abraham. That same blessing, now that same blessing was transferred to Noah, to Abraham. That same blessing was transferred to Isaac. Same one blessing, not two. Now let me show you why it is not two blessings but one. You remember the deal between Jacob and Esau. Esau sold the birthright to Jacob. And when it was time for Isaac to die, the Bible says Isaac said to Esau, go and bring me food to eat so that I can bless you. Now Jacob overtook Esau went and brought the blessed food for his father to eat. Then the Bible says that he came and his father blessed him. Immediately the father blessed him. When he left his presence, who showed up? Esau showed up. And then the father said, I have already blessed Jacob. I want you to follow me carefully. God said, I have already blessed Jacob. Now, why couldn't he bless Esau as well if it was two blessings? There's only one blessing. So Esau wept and said, is there not a reserved blessing for me? No, because there is only one blessing. Not two blessings, only what? One blessing. Now, that blessing was just a pronunciation of words. Esau never gave Jacob any property. He never gave him any money. It was a pronounced blessing. Amen. That blessing is what is in Proverbs 10, 22. The Bible says, the blessing of the Lord, it Amen. maketh rich and he adds no sorrow. 
So when you come to the house of God and you hear your man of God pronounce a blessing over you, the blessing I'm talking about is not two blessings. It's the same blessing that Adam received. It's the same blessing that Noah received. It's the same blessing that Abraham received. It's the same blessing that Isaac received. It's the same blessing that Jacob received. And it's the same blessing that Joseph received. That is the same blessing. And that blessing only operates through speaking. Therefore, today I bless you. Solution today, I bless you. As I bless you, you will go up higher and higher. In the mighty name of Jesus. Everything you do from today is blessed. Your household is blessed. Your children are blessed. There shall be no more curse in your family. From today, the same blessing that made Jacob a great man into 12 nations, that same blessing is coming upon you. I release that same blessing upon you. I release the commanded blessing upon you. Therefore, from today, everything you touch will be blessed. Your body is blessed. Sickness cannot be found in your body. From today, your hands are blessed. Your mind is blessed. Your house is blessed. This church is blessed. Solution is blessed. Our young men are blessed. Our children are blessed. No one will die through an accident. No one will die through a knife crime. No one will die among us at a young young age. Because the blessing keeps us from harm. In the name of Jesus. So shall it be. No more struggling. No more toiling. I receive, I I release upon you today the manifest blessing of God. You will do great things at a very young age. You will achieve what your family has never achieved. You will be the head and not the tail. I release the blessing of the Lord upon you. I release the commanded blessing upon you. In the name of Jesus. So shall it be. So every time you come and you hear me releasing the blessing, you don't need me to give you money. On Sunday, what was our service? Supernatural death cancellation. We've had testimonies of people's deaths being cancelled. That's how, don't, don't wait for don't wait for pastor to give you 50 pounds. It will finish by the time you get home. But what you need is a blessing. Amen. Don't be like Esau. Don't look for material things. That's why when you come to church, be sensitive. Be alert. That's why Elijah said to Elisha, if you see me go, if you see me go, then you receive a double portion of the anointing. And right in this church, God is going to use men and women to do great and mighty things. Our young men will do great and mighty things. In the mighty name of Jesus. So back to Romans chapter 4. Verse 17 now. The Bible says, as it is written, I have made thee the father of many nations, before whom he believed, even God, who quickened the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Who against hope believed in hope? Last week I said you need to have hope for your faith to work. You need to keep hope alive. So never lose your hope. Never allow your hope to, to despair. Keep hope alive. It doesn't matter where you are. Just keep your hope alive. Once, listen, hope is the fuel of faith. No matter the nice car you have, without fuel, the car will not move. Right? So it takes fuel to move that car from junction A to junction B. Hope is the fuel of faith. So if you want your faith to work, you have to put in some fuel. And what is that fuel? What is that fuel? Hope is the fuel. You pop hope in it, and then your faith begins to work. That's why the Bible says that Abraham against hope, he believed in hope. 
that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And be not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to who? Giving glory to who? To God. And being fully persuaded that that which God has promised, he was also able to perform it. What, whatever God has promised you, he will perform it. Yes. Listen, you will not go to the grave with one promise of God unfulfilled in your life. Yes. Every word of God, every prophetic word of God over your life will come to pass. You will taste of it. You will eat of it. You will experience the goodness of the Lord in the name of Jesus. Hear me, there is no obstacle or barrier that can stop anyone operating in the realm of strong faith. There is no obstacle or barrier that can stop anyone, anyone operating in the realm of strong faith. Look at Genesis chapter 17 verse 17. Abraham was 100 years old and God showed up and said, you're going to have a child next year by this time. But because of his faith, that obstacle gave way. The Bible says that then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, shall a child be born unto him that is 100 years old? And shall Sarah that is 90 years old bear? Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11 and 12. The Bible says that Sarah herself received strength to conceive. Amen. Hebrews 11, verse 11. Today something is going to happen in your life. Amen. I want you to get ready. God is taking us somewhere. Amen. Today something will explode in your life. So I said today something will explode in your life. Amen. I want you to get ready. Be alert. Be alert. Hallelujah. The Bible says that through faith, also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. Now, at this point, Sarah was 90 years old. But because of faith, she received strength to do what? To conceive. And was delivered of the child when she was past age. <laughs> when God is in the equation, you can go Past your age. Whatever God has promised you, you will conceive it. Whatever God has promised you, you will deliver it. It says that he, she had gone past her age because she judged him faithful who has promised. Yes, you've gone past your age. You've gone past what the doctor said. They said you cannot live beyond this. They said you cannot achieve this. But you have to do one thing. You have to judge him faithful who has promised. Amen. Verse 12. The Bible says that. Listen to verse 12. Hebrews chapter 11. It says therefore. Therefore sprang there even of one. Someone says sprang of one. Sprung of one. Of one. And him as good as dead. This is talking about Sarah and Abraham. They were as good as dead. They were dead. Abraham was 100 years old. Sarah was 90. They were, they've gone past double menopause. Are you following me? That's why Genesis 17, 17, Abraham laughed. Abraham said, you see, we always think that it was only Sarah who laughed. But Abraham also laughed. And this laughter is a laughter of unbelief. It's a laughter of what? Unbelief. Now, if I tell you now, listen, tomorrow about this time, you have 50 million pounds in your bank account. You see, she's laughing. It's a laughter of unbelief. But whether you like it or not, it will happen. Money is looking for somebody's account. As a money is looking for somebody's account. Whether you like it or not, 
the money is coming into your account in the name of Jesus. It has happened many times in this church. We're in a new season. Solution, we're in a new season. It's a season of open doors. If you can count him faithful who has promised. Look, therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead. So many as the stars of the sky in multitude as the sun which is by the seashore innumerable. This is one who was dead. Abraham was hopeless. Sarah was dead. Her womb was dead. Abraham's body was dead. Yet through that deadness, one came out called Isaac. And through that one, multitude as multitudes as stars of the sky. And as many as the sun which is on the seashore innumerable. Amen. That is our promise. Amen. Solution, that is our promise. Amen. Innumerable Amen. membership. Amen. Innumerable church buildings. Amen. Innumerable blessing. Amen. The blessing will be so much you won't be able to number them. Yes. You will not be able to number them. I want your faith to be alive this week because this week supernatural things will be happening. This week, what you have never seen before will happen in your life. I declare from today through to Sunday an open heaven, a season of open heaven, a season of the blessing, a season of breakthrough. A season of supernatural favor. A season of great grace. In the mighty name of Jesus. So shall it be. So be expectant. Expectation is the womb of mighty miracles. So get ready. As we go further in our service. Listen. The foundation for building strong faith must be on the word of God and nothing else. If we are going to build strong faith, then we must build strong faith on the foundation of God's word. Luke chapter 6 from verse 46 to 49. I read the Bible says that Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things which I say? The only time you'll experience the word is when you do the word. Verse 47, it says, whosoever comes to me and heareth my saying, and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. So notice the steps Jesus is talking about here. Luke 6, 47. It says, whosoever comes to me. So number one thing we do is we come to Jesus. When we come to church, we have come to hear Jesus. Are you following me? So whosoever comes to Jesus, number one, and hears the sayings of Jesus, number two, Number three, and doeth what he has heard. Remember, faith without works is what? Is dead. dead. And doeth the things which he has heard. Jesus said, I'll show you to whom he is like. Verse 48, he is like a man which built a house and dig deep and lay the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it for it was founded upon a rock. So that means our faith will be tested. Do you agree? Our faith will be tested. And when your faith is tested, how is your faith going to come out? Strong or weak? Abraham was not weak in faith. He was strong in faith, giving glory to God. So your faith will be tested. God tested Abraham's faith. Right or wrong? God tested his faith. When God gave Abraham Isaac, God said to Abraham, 
take your son, your only son, take him to Mount Moriah and sacrifice him there. So your faith will be tested. Your faith will be tested. When your faith is tested, what comes out determines whether you have strong faith or weak faith. Because Jesus said, when the storm beat vehemently, that is the time of test. Your marriage will be tested. Yes. Your relationship will be tested. Yes. Everything in this world will be tested. Remember when I started this series, I said everything in this world is tested for its strength and durability. The chair you are sitting on was tested for strength. The car you are driving, it was test crashed several times before it was released onto the market. So your faith will also be tested because without your faith being tested, we won't know whether your faith is strong faith or weak faith. How is your faith? Is it strong or weak? When the devil knocks on your door, do you start calling Pastor, where are you? No, you don't need pastor. You need Jesus. Your faith must be in Jesus. Not in man. Are you following me? This church, I'm not teaching you to call me at 1 a.m. Pastor, pastor. This, no, 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 you don't need me. You have the same power that I have. If you can develop your faith to the level of strong faith, then greater works will follow you. It says when the storm comes, it's a matter of when. It's not if, it will come. Your faith will be tested. But when it's tested, what comes out? What comes out determines how solid your faith is. Peter said to Jesus, Jesus, everybody can leave you. But as for me, I'll be there forever. Ah, Jesus, you have no idea. I'm going to go to the cross with you. Jesus looked at him and said, you know, before the cock crows three times, <laughs> you deny me. <laughs> and, and, and guess what? A little girl saw Peter and said, ah, this is one of the disciples of Jesus. Peter said, what? Me? I've never heard of Jesus. I've never seen him before. His faith was tested. Your faith will be tested. The test in itself is not bad. And listen, the purpose of a test is not to fail you, but to prove what you have been taught. Peter said, I don't know Jesus. I don't know no Jesus. I don't know no Jesus. And by the third time he denied Jesus and the cock crew. He heard the cock and Jesus turned and saw him and said, oh, look at you. Look at you, Peter. When you open your mouth and said, I'm going to serve God all the days of my life and a little test come and then you forget what God has done for you. Your faith is being tested. That's why I don't listen to flattering words of men. They say, Pastor, I'll be with you forever. Pastor, you are the best pastor. There's no one like you. Oh, that's flattering lips. Flattering. I've been there. I've done that. I've received the gold. Amen. One thing that I am guaranteed of every time I come to church, that is the presence of God. That is, I'm in the center of his will. Doing what he's called me to do. That is the most important thing. Judas was with Jesus, eating in the same bowl with him. Yet when it was time for Judas to betray Jesus, he betrayed him with a kiss. Today's our family and friends service. I'm giving you some wisdom. Some of you, you, have, you see a friend two or three days, he said, oh, this is my best friend my best buddy best friend oh best friend come come to my house 
come, come to my bedroom, come and look at my bedroom, best friend. Oh, you can, you know, when you come, this is home, feel free, lift up your leg, open the fridge, do everything. You are immature. You see somebody four days and it's your best friend. And let's assume it's a lady and you are married. I said, oh, okay, stay with my husband. I'm coming. I'm going to the corner shop and come. <laughs> you leave a fish with a cat. How can you leave a fish with a cat and not expect the cat to eat the fish? Surely, indeed. Surely, surely. Oh, this is my best friend. No, no. No, no. Now, I don't even understand men who say, uh, this lady is my best friend. You can never have a, a woman as your best friend. It's not possible. Your wife can be your best friend, but any other woman is not your best friend. Okay, okay, okay. Where are we? Where are we? <laughs> okay. Let's, let's, let's move on. So your faith will be tested. What is your faith being founded on? What is your faith built upon? It will be tested. Verse 49 of Luke chapter 6. It says, but he that cometh and doeth not is like a man without a foundation built a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. So when you see people backslide during times of challenges, then that means they have built their faith on sand. Their faith is built on what? Sand. Do you feel betrayed by friends? The great, the great John the Baptist introduced Jesus to the world. Yet, John the Baptist questioned whether this is Jesus or not. Is it Jesus? Read John chapter 6. Jesus had many disciples, but many left him. The moment he introduced the doctrine of communion, they left him. They left him. Many left him. As for leaving, people will leave you. As for leaving, people will leave you. When they leave you, don't cry. Thank God. Because they are not meant to be in your future. Jesus turned to the 12. The remaining, I think probably 11 minus Judas because Judas was a son of perdition. He looked at the 11 and said, are you also going to leave? And they said to him, to whom shall we go to? You have the words of life. So focus yourself on the word of life. Hallelujah. So as for leaving, people will leave you. Today is our special family and friend service. So you have some friends who will leave you. And everybody have, there are four types of friends, quickly. Four types of friends. Mark chapter 2 from verse 1 to 5. The Bible says again, and it came to pass, and again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straight away, many gathered together, inasmuch as there was no room to receive them, No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. Verse 3. And they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. How many? How many? Four. Four. So, now this man is laying on a bed. He's sick of the palsy. And four people, four friends, held him, carried him to take him to Jesus. Verse 4, the Bible says that, and when they could not come near unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken up, they laid down the bed wherein he was sick of the palsy, and when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, son, thy sins have been forgiven. So, now, The kind of friends you must have are friends that bring you to Jesus. 
There are friends that must draw you to Jesus. And who are these friends? Like I said, there are four types of friends you will have. Number one, there are those who subtract. There are those who subtract. How many of you know what subtraction is? Take away. There are those who see you as a takeaway joint. All they want to do is take away from you. Number two, there are those who divide. They come to divide everything you have. Number three, there are those who add. The friends who add. The friends who add, you must keep. The friends who add to you, you must keep. The friends who subtract, <laughs> keep them very far away from you. Friends who divide, keep them very far away from you. Careful, be careful about them. Let them be far. You see them, hello, hi. You're all right. That's it. You don't go to, you don't talk too much with them. Hello, hi, what's up? That's it. If you stay on the phone for five minutes with those who subtract, they will subtract your joy. They'll take your joy. By the time you finish with them, you're depressed. They'll always take something from you. They'll always subtract. Always. They'll take something. Whether it's spiritual or material, they'll take something. So touch people. You don't let them come close to you. Those who divide. Don't let them come close to you. They'll divide and rule. They'll divide and rule. They'll spoil everything you have. Divide your children. Divide your marriage. Divide your relationship. Even divide the church. They divide and rule. Be careful of them. If anybody is in this church, dividing the congregation from the pastor is not from God. It's from the devil. If any pastor is in this church dividing the members from the pastor, it's not from God. Even if I appointed them, I made a mistake. Jesus appointed Judas Iscariot. So there is also room for error. I'm not perfect. I am not perfect. That's why, have you not noticed since Judas Iscariot betrayed Jesus, have you ever seen anybody by the name Judas Iscariot? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any friend by name Judas Iscariot? No. No. Judas Iscariot is a son of perdition. Jesus said, those father, those that you have given me, I have kept, except the son of perdition. So, I mean, if one of my pastors become a son of perdition, I mean, I'm only human, praise God. Jesus, my Lord and my master, made a mistake with Judas. But the Judases are there to help you fulfill destiny. Amen. They are also part of the package. Amen. Amen. Now, when they come to subtract, let them subtract the junk things out of you. Praise God. That's what vultures are there for. They eat junk. They eat carcasses. They eat the dead stuff so that the, the environment will not smell. So, praise God for that. <laughs> praise God for, for them. I mean, they take away anything that's smelling, stinking in your life. They remove it. They're like hyenas. They don't go for the real fresh meat. They go for the dead and smelly ones. Are you getting something? Yes. I, I'm even learning something, I'm telling you. But I'm, I'm helping someone. Today you need to go home and delete some people's numbers from your phone. You need to say, hey, this one is a subtractor. So from today, it's not permitted to come to my house. Have you noticed there are some people, after they speak to your husband, your husband's countenance change. <laughs> They change. I said, ah, Judas, his carrot has come. Has been here. <laughs> Judas, his carrot has been here. 
Yeah, it is better for us to just have 11 and enjoy ourselves and have love, pure love, genuine love. Praise God. That's how it's supposed to be. Amen. Forget about Judas Iscariot. Judas is a son of perdition. Even Absalom, Absalom stole the heart of the people, his father's members. Absalom stole his father's members. Stole the members, divided the members against the pastor. <laughs> and when he died, heaven rejected him. The earth rejected him. He hung between heaven and the earth. You're using your handsomeness to steal the heart of the people. Hey, please be careful. Please be careful. Please be careful. The Bible says, don't muddy the waters where you have, you have drunk from. Yes. The waters that you used to drink from. Yeah. Now that you are no more there, you are muddy it. You do poo-poo on it. You don't want others to come and drink. Hey! Somebody say, Hey! Yeah. After this water has fed you, after Jesus has blessed you, Jesus has prayed for you, Jesus has healed your children, Jesus blessed your marriage, Jesus prayed for you to have children, Jesus dedicated your children. Now you say, Crucify him. Hey! The Bible says that it is unrighteous for you to forget what God has done. Even God does not forget. Those who forget. Hallelujah. Those who add are those who must keep. Those who add, keep them. They add to you. They are not looking for things from you. They are adding to your life. And then number four is those who multiply. When they come into your life, it's joy. Joy is multiplying. Favor is multiplied. Goodness is multiplied. These are people who draw you closer to God. They don't draw you away from God. Are you following me? They draw you closer. These are the four, four friends who took this sick of the palsy, who couldn't get to Jesus, and they said, we are here to help you. We are here to get you well. We are taking you to Jesus because we want you to be whole. We want you to be blessed. We want you to be like us. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24, the Bible says that a man that has friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. The greatest example of friendship we must adapt and follow is that of David and Jonathan. First Samuel chapter 18 from verse 1 to 4, the Bible says that, And it came to pass, when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul, this is David, that the soul of Jonathan was neat, neat with the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and will not let him go no more home to his father's house. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. I love this. Verse 4. Look at verse 4. The Bible says that, And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him and gave it to David and his garments, and even to his sword, and to his bow, and to his girdle. Oh, this scripture is too loaded. I don't have the time to explain it. Maybe one day I'll just teach from this. But basically what you need to understand is that Saul is the king. The next in line is who? Jonathan. Jonathan was going to be the next king. But David was from a poor family. You know, David was a shepherd. He was a castaway child. But at this point, he has been anointed king over Israel. But Jonathan doesn't know. 
But the moment he spoke to his father, the Bible says that the soul of Jonathan was knitted to that of David. That is the highest level of friendship. A level where your soul and that of your friend's soul are knitted together. Do you know what it means to be knitted? Mix, knitted. We have people here who do knitting. When you knit things together, when you want to tear them apart, one comes into the other. His soul was knitted together. And look carefully, verse 3, the Bible says, And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. What is a covenant? A covenant is an everlasting agreement between man and God. They made a covenant before the presence of God. And verse 4, the Bible says, Jonathan stripped himself. In other words, he didn't care about who he was. He was the next in line for the throne. He was the prince in waiting to become king. Yet he stripped himself of his robe, royal robe, and gave it to David. He gave his garments to David. He gave his sword, which represents power, to David. He gave his bow to David. He gave even his girdle to David. He gave everything to David. That's the kind of friends you must have. Friends who add to you. Those who want to add to you. I have never, never taken advantage of weak people before. Never. You have to be careful of friends whom when you are at your weak point, they destroy you. They manipulate you. They want to kick you out of the game. Now when you read further, the story about David and Jonathan, there was a time Saul wanted to kill David badly. And, and Jonathan knew about it. But Jonathan said to David, I know you're going to be the next king. Jonathan said, I know you're going to be the next king. And my father knows. And I love one thing. During the very challenging moments of David, the Bible says that David was in the, in the wilderness of Ziph, sleeping in woods. And Jonathan would come from the palace and visit David in the woods, in the stronghold, and go back to the palace. Those who visit you when you are down, they are your friends. Those who encourage you when you are down, they are your true friends. Not those who want to crush you when you are already down. The Bible says that Jonathan came from the palace and went to the wilderness. David was sleeping in the woods. Yet Jonathan, being a prince, next in line for the kingship, said, no way. I don't want this kingship. I want David to have it. Do you know who David represents? David represents us, children of God. Jonathan represents Jesus. Jesus gave it all for us. He gave it all for us. He gave it all for us. He died for us. He died on the cross for us so that we can be connected back to the Father. Those are the kind of friends you must have. Quickly, the values of families that we have shapes the foundation and core values of every nation, whether we like it or not. The values we have as families shapes the foundations of our society. It shapes the values of our society. What you teach your children in the house determines how they will behave out there. So that means as children of God, we must have core values. Genesis 12 from verse 1 to 4, we look at an example in the area of family. The Bible says, And now the Lord said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, out of thy kindred and out of thy father's house into a land that I will show thee. Notice the four instructions. Number one, first thing that happened was God introduced himself to Abraham through speaking. Now, I want you to understand something. At this point, Abraham was 75 years old. His father was an idol worshiper. Abraham had no encounter with God before. 
He's never read about God. He's never heard about God. And then the first encounter he had with God was an instruction. Was a command. And guess what the command is? Get thee out of your country. Your country represents familiar territory. Second instruction, get thee out of your kindred. Your kindred represents your people. People you are familiar with. And then thirdly, get thee out of your father's house. Your father's house represents provision. Free light. Free food. Free bed. No rent. That's your father's house. Everything free. I don't know about you, but when I was in my father's house, I was paying the light bill for the whole house and the water bill. By the time I was 15, 16, I said to my dad, I don't want to live in your, in your house for free. So I was paying for the whole house, electricity bill and water bill at the age of 15. So those young people who are 15 and still eating mama and papa's food for free, you need to wake up and smell the coffee. <laughs> you wake up from today, mama and papa must start billing you. You pass 18, you're 40, getting to 50, and you're still in mama and papa's house, eating mama and papa's food. Now Isaac was a very laid, up, laid back son. Isaac was past 40 and he didn't want to get married. That's why his father Abraham had to send Eliezer, Genesis 25, to go and find him a wife. Genesis 24, to go and find him. Because Isaac was happy-go-lucky. When are you going to marry, son? That in God's own time. No, God's time is gone. Listen, every day is God's day. The day you believe is your day. When are you going to get married? In God's time. When are you going to buy your house? In God's time. When are you going to get rich? In God's time. Who told you God's time is in the future? You've already missed God's time. Stop, stop leaving your responsibility to God. And like I said, any faith that leaves your Everything responsible to God is an irresponsible faith. Oh, God will do it. Oh, God will. No, no, God won't do it. He's already done it. He's now waiting on you to move. When are you going to get married, Pastor? And there are a lot of women around you. Just open your mouth and say, Hello, baby. That's all you've got to do. Is it that she says yes or no? Are you following me? Whichever you have not lost. Praise God. Just open your mouth. If, you, if your mouth is, is, is too hard and it can't say buy a card. You know, buy something. These days, all kinds of ways of proposals are accepted. Text message is there. Email is there. A card is there. WhatsApp, whatever. Praise God. And the easiest way to propose to a woman is after church service. <laughs> after church service is the easiest way. When the woman is in the church, you say, did you hear what pastor said to me? Sister, you and I are dying. <laughs> Sister, can I have your number? You say, for what? Did you not hear what pastor said to me? Yeah. It's the best way. I'm telling you, if you don't have no, you don't know how to start, just use pastor's message. Did you hear the message today? I think pastor was speaking to us. And this year, there'll be a lot of marriages in this church. I said, there'll be a lot of weddings in this church. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Where are we now? <laughs> okay, okay. The Bible says that, uh, get out of your father's house. Father's house represents free food, free everything. Verse 1 of Genesis chapter 12. It says, unto a land that I will show thee. Now look at this carefully. God is introducing himself to Abraham for the first time. And God said, 
gave him these strong three instructions, very difficult ones. Very difficult. If you were the one, you would tell God, this is not God, this is the devil. Get out of my country, to where? Get out of my kindred, to where? Get out of my, my father's house, to where? Now God, God said, didn't give him a guaranteed assurance. He said, to a place I will show you. He hasn't even showed him. And God said, the only way I can do this new thing with you is for you to first come out. Verse 2, it says, and I'll make of thee a great nation. Say amen to that. Now, that only happens when you follow the first three instructions. They are very difficult, but you have to obey. God said to me, go into full-time ministry. God, how are you going to provide? Shut up. Just go. I'll take care of you. Don't go with the pest, but you will not lack food. Amen. Don't go knocking on people's houses, but you will not lack food. Amen. As for what to eat, I will take care of you. Amen. Why? Because the birds of the air, they have no father. They, they don't work, they don't toil, yet your heavenly father takes care of them. Are you not much more better than sparrows and birds? So stop asking God questions. God, how are you going to do this? He's got the future figured out. He's got it sorted. He knows better than you and I. His ways are not our ways. He said, and I'll make of thee a great nation and I'll bless thee. This is the blessing we're talking about. So say amen to that. He said, and I'll bless thee and make thy name great. Say amen to that. And it says, thou shalt be a blessing. Say amen to that. Now, being a blessing here includes blessing your enemies. A time is going to come from today, you will bless your enemies. Those who hate you, you will bless them. During Christmas, they'll have nothing to eat. You just send them a thousand pounds. This is just for you and your family. I know you've been criticizing me. I know you don't like me. I know you hate me. But this is a free thousand pounds just for your Christmas. Jesus said, do good to those who hate you. This is a church of good news. We do good to people. Hallelujah. Don't fight your enemies. Do good to them. Bless them. Remember, we keep on hold of this mystery of faith in pure conscience. Your conscience must be pure. Don't waste your time hating on people in your heart. Love on Jesus. Love on the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you ways. I love the testimony I heard of this young sister. I've been in the church for three years and I'm growing. That's a testimony of God's goodness. A church where you can track your spiritual life. I came in, I was a baby, but I am growing. I am growing from faith to faith, from glory to glory. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give Jesus some praise. Oh, solution, let's give Jesus some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's saying you shall be a blessing. Say, that's me. I will be a blessing. From today, I will be a blessing. Quickly, verse 3, it says, And I'll bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee. So don't even worry about cursing those who curse you. God has already taken care of them. Listen, it is dangerous to dishonor someone that God has honored. That's why God said, touch not my anointed, Psalm 105 verse 14, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. You are anointed. So if somebody is sitting somewhere and cursing you, ah, come on now. Your father is taking care of them. Hallelujah. Your father is taking care of them in the name of Jesus. Verse 4, he said, so Abraham departed. I love this. Verse 4 of Genesis chapter 12, the Bible says that so Abraham did what? Departed. So Abraham departed. That means he obeyed. When God speaks to you, you must obey. When God gives you an instruction, you must obey. And once you do that, 
God will take you to the next level. Quickly as we close. Three foundations of a godly family. Or three foundations that we must lay for godly families. Number one, we must seek first the kingdom of God. As families. We must seek first the kingdom of God. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. It says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. What does it mean to seek first the kingdom of God? Pray for the kingdom of God. Pray for the increase of the church. Serve in the church. Do something in the church. Invite souls into the house of God. Hallelujah. That is what it means to seek first the kingdom of God. And listen, when you seek first the kingdom of God, God will add everything the world is running after. That's the best equation. That's the best equation. Everything you need is in the kingdom. So what do you go for first? You go first for the kingdom. Number two, train your children in the ways of God. Train your children in in the ways of God. Listen, training up children has to be intentional. When I stand here every day, every weekday and every Sunday and I'm preaching, what I'm doing is training you and it is intentional. Training of children has to be intentional. Proverbs 22 verse 6, it says, train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So let's train our children to fear God. Let's train our children to honor God. Let's train our children to value the things of God. The last but not the least is command your children to keep the ways of God. Three foundations of godly families. Number one, seek first the kingdom of God. Number two, train your children in the ways of God. Number three, command your children to keep the ways of God. Genesis chapter 18 verse 19. God came to Abraham and said, for I know him that he'll command his children and his household after him that they shall keep the way of the Lord and to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken unto him. Hallelujah. Genesis 18, 19. Hallelujah. So, command your children to follow the ways of God. One of the ways we command our children to follow the ways of God is to encourage them to be in the house of God. Don't be in church and leave your children out there. No, don't do that. Command them. It's a command. You have to, so long as you are in my house and eating my food, you are commanded to be where I am. It's a command. When you turn 18 and you have your own house, then you can do what you want. But as for now, you are in my house. God says, I must command you. You see, this generation doesn't like the word command. I command you to say, you command me to sit down. That's why there is discipline in the army. You see, the reason why there's so much indiscipline in the church of God is when you discipline someone, they get up and go. They'll go to another church. But where God has planted you, you can go everywhere. You will not flourish. The only place you flourish is here. So take correction. Even God corrects us. It's a command. Command. He said, who is it to command me? Does he not know I'm just coming to the church of my free will? No. It's a command. When you learn discipline in the house of God, then when you go out there in the world, you will learn discipline. Command, when you come to church, you sit down. You don't move. Get up every minute and go to the toilet. Sit down. It's a command. Sit your bum bum down for 45 minutes. Yeah. Sit down. So you can be taught the word. When they came to Jesus and they were hungry, the multitude, the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus' first instruction, get the men and the women to sit down on the grass. The only way I can feed you is when you sit your bum bum down on the chair. If there are ants there, we have to use a chain to strap you on the chair, you sit down. 
Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Finally, once you enter into the realm of strong faith, everything and anything according to the will of God is deliverable to you. Say amen to that. Once you enter into the realm of strong faith, everything and anything according to the will of God is deliverable to you. So therefore from today, may your faith be strong. I release the spirit of faith upon you. Receive the gift of faith today. Receive strong faith to do exploits. Say amen to that. Receive strong faith to do exploits. Receive strong faith to do exploits. Like Stephen, your faith will be full. I said your faith will be full. It will be full of power and you will do great wonders. In the name of Jesus. Did you receive it today? Let's give Jesus a better praise. Hallelujah. Oh, I said, let's give Jesus a better praise. Glory be to God.